with goal setting and your purpose. So I always start with your purpose first when I work with athletes and I feel like you can't truly love what you do and you can't truly achieve the goals you want unless you know why you're doing it. It's kind of like that fuel to your fire. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the D-Word podcast. I'm your host Mia Wilson and today's guest is Teresa Raisbeck, a mental performance coach at Limitless Performance. She specifically works with athletes focusing on mindset training and has a bachelor's degree in kinesiology and a master's in sports psychology. She is also currently in pursuit of her second master's in counseling psychology and becoming a licensed therapist, also working towards earning her doctorate in sports psychology. Teresa, thank you so, so much for being here. I'm very excited to chat with you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry, that's kind of a mouthful when you hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, So jumping right into things, could you explain what exactly sports psychology is and how you developed your interest in this area? Yeah, so sports psychology is really fun, actually. It is more of the, I guess you could say, in a way, the surface level of psychology and the performance side of psychology. So with athletes, I work on things such as confidence and self-esteem and goal setting, finding their why, all those fun little things like that that go into being an athlete and playing a sport. I also work with first responders and I work with business people. And what I always tell everybody is if you're doing something, you're, you're a performer, like no matter what you do. I grew up with a dance background. So that's my background. And that's kind of, that's where I come from. And then getting into sports psychology, it kind of just fell into my lap. My undergrad was in kinesiology and I kind of went through that whole path of maybe I want to be a physical therapist, or maybe I want to teach yoga or do (laughs) training. And then strength and conditioning fell into my lap and then I kind of worked more and more and found that I really liked the mental side of things. I've always been the one who is the encouraging friend and the one that's just pushing everybody and yelling at everybody in the gym as I'm sure you know. Um, (laughs) So it comes really naturally to me. I took a sports psychology class the last semester of my undergraduate degree and during that time I was kind of battling with anxiety myself And that was kind of when I had my aha moment. And I took that class and I was like, you know what? This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to help others. And I want to help others overcome their anxiety in the way that I was able to overcome mine. And being a dancer growing up and being in CrossFit now, I never really had that mental performance coach or that aspect. And going through that class and going through that degree, I was like, wow this is such a powerful thing and it's so essential and it's something that's so common sense, if you will, but you don't really notice it until you're actually putting in the work. Yeah. I love that you found sports psychology and I love that you're helping other people with it. Um, You mentioned that you work with athletes and first responders, and I'm just curious, um, what would you say are some of their biggest challenges that you've like noticed with your time with them? I think some of the biggest challenges are confidence. That's a big one. I see a lot of people 
second guessing themselves and not believing in themselves. And a lot of that is just digging into why you're doing what you're doing. You know, you can do it. Maybe you've done this movement before, or you've done this thing before you can do it again. And a lot of it is just helping them and giving them those tools and giving them that little boost of confidence so that mm-hmm. they can see that in themselves. How do you think someone can combat these confidence issues, negative thoughts? I know you mentioned earlier, um, anxiety and panic attacks are also a big part of um, sports performance psychology. What do you think are some of the best ways someone can combat these? So I know with confidence, a lot of it is just doing your own inner work and it takes a lot of time. I mean, it's not something that happens overnight, unfortunately. I wish it was like magic like that. But I think a lot of it comes down to, and a lot of what I found it comes down to is self-talk and the stories that you're telling yourself. So many people are, they have in their heads these stories of, oh, I can't be like that person that just lifted a hundred something pounds over their head on Instagram or I can't look like that or I can't compete like that. And a lot of it is just flipping that script and practicing flipping that script. Um, A lot of what I've talked about doing is writing down those negative thoughts. When you put pen to paper and you put your thoughts on paper for you to see, you realize, oh, wow, like I did not know that I was talking to myself like that. And I didn't know that I was talking so negatively about myself so often. Mm-hmm. And our brains are actually hardwired to think negatively. Um, 80% of our thoughts are negative thoughts. It's just how we're wired. And so it's just switching that and being aware of that that's happening and then finding the opposite of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, growing up, I was actually a competitive gymnast and because of a back injury, I wasn't able to continue at that intensity I needed to like stay competitive. And so I ended up leaving gymnastics and then I started dance ballet. (laughs) Um, But in the world of dance, you know, starting as a beginner at the age of 11 is considered pretty late since most, most dancers start at like eight, three or four. Um, But I knew I wanted to put my energy into becoming a pre-professional dancer. So I devoted myself to hours and hours of training and actually advanced pretty quickly. But for me, one of my biggest sources of stress was, you know, constantly feeling like no matter how much I did, I was always behind the other dancers just because they had so many more years of experience than I did. Um, But eventually I did reach the pre-professional level and the thing that was always in the back of my head was the thought that I wouldn't really ever be able to catch up with the other girls in my level um, just because I hadn't been dancing as long as everyone else. And when I look back now, I do realize that that was a limiting belief um, that I had, but I'm curious about how you would address something similar to this situation with um, an athlete. Yeah. Oh gosh. All of that's so familiar with me. I know growing up in the dance world, it's such like a Mm -hmm. perfectionist sport. And there's so much, I guess, feedback and criticism that goes into that sport just because you have to attain a high level and you have to look a certain way. Addressing those 
is again, coming down to that self-talk and coming down to how you view yourself and filtering out those, those, all those other mm -hmm. little thoughts, all those other people that you see around you kind of having like a, in those moments, having kind of like a tunnel vision mm -hmm. where you are here because here, and again, finding your purpose. Another thing that I yeah. is knowing why you're there. You wanted to be at the pre-professional level. So that is your purpose and you need to know that purpose and you're not there to acknowledge anybody else or please anybody else except for to achieve the goal that you want to achieve and get to where you want to go so again coming down to that purpose and coming down to how you view yourself and working on that working on loving yourself every day mm -hmm. whether that's I know for myself what I do daily still even as a mental performance coach I write down three things that I like about myself, whether that's physical or mental. And that's a really good exercise to do to start loving yourself and continue to love yourself because there's these things that you should get love yourself. And there's these things that you don't hear as often mm -hmm. and especially in the dance world. So yeah. that doesn't <laughs> mm -hmm. um, You talk a lot about um, negative beliefs and how those are super important. Um, to combating <laughs> um would you say that that's like the most essential thing to focus on when say one is in a negative state of mind or I think yeah definitely combating those negative beliefs about yourself negative beliefs about what you're doing and just again loving yourself a lot that is a good basis I always like to start if you want to go into that um with goal setting and your purpose. So I always start with your purpose first when I work with athletes. And I feel like you can't truly love what you do and you can't truly achieve the goals you want unless you know why you're doing it. It's kind of like that fuel to your fire. It's that, um, uh, whatever that stuff that you spray on the fire. On that makes it <laughs> <laughs> it's like that for your work ethic. So if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing and you don't have that established, sure, you'll move forward, but you'll only go so far until you're burnt out, until you're like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know. I can't go any further. I'm not motivated. So having that foundation of why you're doing what you're doing and digging deep into the passion of that purpose and the passion of that goal that you have you move forward from that. And then, so from that, why, once you have that established, that's when you can establish your goals or that's when I do with my athletes and it makes achieving goals so much more exciting and so much more motivating. And it just carries you on so much further. So those again, as well as that negative combating those negative thoughts, I think are the pretty sweet little rock foundation that you have for mindset. Yeah, definitely a lot of, I think, reflecting that's what you're trying to say. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely think that's a big part of, you know, combating those negative thoughts as we've been saying. But just to switch gears a little bit, um, you said at the beginning that sports psychology is kind of related to anyone who's doing anything, like performing. So do you think a student who wants to do well in school could also use some of the techniques that you're talking about? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I say 
if you're doing something, if you're in school and you're doing a test or you're doing an essay or whatever you do in school, you're performing in some way or another, mm -hmm. same with anything in life, work, sports. And that definitely comes true with students because I know when I was in high school, <laughs> I didn't always have the easiest time with school, especially the general subjects. And if I had these tools when I was in high school or middle school even, I would have been able to do so much more and be a little bit more involved in my schoolwork rather than, oh, I want to be with my friends all the time or I just want to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you could share maybe some of your best tools for developing a strong mindset as a student, what, do you, what would those be for you? Yeah, as a student, I think something really important, again, going back to your why, especially in high school when you're just like, man, like I'm working towards college and I'm working towards getting my degree in this. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to be present where you're at and being where your feet are at and enjoying that time as well as like just being present with whatever subject you're working on or whatever test you're, you have to do or whatever class you're in. Because again, in high school, you're worrying about the next test and SATs and ACTs and all of those alphabetical <laughs> combinations. <laughs> and it's so hard to just be in the moment and enjoy where you're at. And it goes by so much faster when you're not, when you're thinking of all these other things at once. So being present, I think is really important. And it does, it helps your performance too. Like when you are focused on one thing at a time and really diving deep into that, you're able to have a true purpose and you're able to have that concentration and get done with things a little bit more efficiently and embrace where you're at, whether it's a sucky test or not. Yeah, I definitely think worrying or stressing about the future too much is where a lot of um, athletes, also students, just any performer gets a lot of their stress from. Would you say that's correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, again, and what if we bring it back to the athletes and the performers in high school, mm -hmm. a lot of it comes down to their athletic identity. So their whole identity in high school is whether they're the quarterback on the football team or they're on the dance team, like that's their whole identity. And maybe they're not playing sports outside of high school. So dealing with that and worrying about what college to go to or what they're doing next happens so often. Mm -hmm. And then high school goes by and you're like, shoot, I didn't get to enjoy all of that time that I did have when I was young and had no responsibility. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for all of your insights. Um, but just to wrap up before I let you go, I have a lightning round of questions that I ask to all of my guests. It's super quick and easy. Um, <laughs> but my first question is, what does mental well-being mean to you? Mental well-being, I think, encompasses just a whole, a whole you and addressing that inner inner you, that outer you, and just really embracing and loving who you are so that it shines outside of you. I love that. That's so awesome. I totally agree with that. <laughs> um, my next question is, what is your favorite way to de-stress? 
My favorite way to de-stress. Oh, I have so many different ways. <laughs> it's a big one for me. I'm so high energy. And so like, go, go, go all the time that that just fits in really perfectly with me. That gets all of my anxious energy out and it gets any energy out somewhat. I still have a lot of energy as a person in general, but that's my way to get stressed out is just high intensity exercise really. Yeah, that's really interesting. I feel like a lot of people, when I ask that question, they're always like, oh, in bed, relaxing, watching a show. <laughs> but I totally agree with that. I love exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, next question is, if you could step into my shoes and ask yourself something I didn't ask, what would you ask and what would your answer be? <laughs> Such a good question. Uh, <laughs> something that you didn't ask. I feel like we covered a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, goodness, that is a good question. <laughs> you didn't ask. Um, something I also, I guess I didn't bring up. I guess we could go into that. Um, I do have a journal that I came out with and that I created and came out with in, goodness, fall last year. Wow. And that has a lot of mindset activities. It has your daily to-do lists. Again, coming back to knowing your why and bringing that into your day-to-day as well as keeping your mindset where it should be in that present moment day-to-day. Yeah, and then just having monthly reflections and goals. Um, I guess that doesn't really answer the question, but it kind of does. (laughs) It does. No, it definitely does. That's a great answer. But something that came to my attention. Mm -hmm. That's super cool. Um, My last question for you is, if this was your last conversation ever, how would you want the world to remember you? Oh, you have so many good questions. (laughs) (laughs) If this was my last conversation, how would I want the world to remember me? I think one thing I always try to bring out in my day-to-day and to any of my interactions with anybody is just to be, I guess, sunshine to them. Oh, <laughs> I love that. That is so awesome. That human form of sunshine because not everybody's having a great day and you never know what anybody's going through in their minds. Maybe they show up happy, but maybe they're dealing with some sort of depression or anxiety and just being that little glimmer of light and that little glimmer of hope each day to whoever it might be is how I'd like to be remembered. Uh, Yes, I definitely think of you as a sunshine girl. You're always (laughs) happy and excited and encouraging. And I just love that about you. (laughs) My daily goal, just make somebody happy every day. Yeah, oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much again, Teresa, for joining me today. I absolutely loved all of your insights. And I definitely think that your perspective on mental well-being and sports psychology is super, super valuable. Um, For everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in and be sure to follow at DWord Podcast on Instagram for the latest news, updates, and all things mental health. I hope to see you next time and keep an eye out for the next episode. Bye, everyone. For privacy purposes, the last names and school information of student guests have been redacted. 
All content by DWord Podcast is provided for general information and or entertainment purposes only and should not be treated as a substitute for the medical advice of your own doctor or any other healthcare professional. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have read, watched, or listened to on this podcast or any of our other media channels.